like that. You want to try Hello, everybody, and welcome like to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all ready to be learned up today because we are in for a treat of an episode today on this December 20th edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Oh my goodness, we're going to have a fun one. But before we get into the fun stuff today, let's go over to the housekeeping items first. Make sure to go and follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can check me out on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you like and follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And of course, you can check out links to all those different forms of social media, as well as links to our blog posts and episodes of the podcast on the theloganblackmanshow.com. And speaking of that, the podcast. Make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and leave a rating on a five stars on both, and then leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. It doesn't need to be a five-star rating, though. I'd much appreciate a five-star rating more than anything else. Obviously, I'd appreciate a five-star rating more than anything else, but, you know, winner, beggars can't be choosers, right? Beggars can't be choosers. And that's the, that's the, the spirit of Christmas, right? You should be thankful for all the gifts you receive. We are just a few days which is weird. It's it's really weird how close we are to Christmas. <laughs> it's not really sitting with me yet that Christmas is on Monday. I don't know if you all knew this. This was a revelation to me on this past Monday that Christmas is next Monday. That, that is insane. I can't wrap my... I still haven't been able to wrap my head around that. I got a Christmas tree up and everything. We had a secret Santa thing on sa- on Sunday, sorry. Like, there's just so much... It, it's just here. It's here. I just got my dad's present yesterday. Yesterday is when I got my dad's present. I don't even know if it will be here by the time Christmas rolls around. We're, we're playing with fire here. I haven't even got my mom's present yet. But that being said, that one will be fine because I'll just go to the mall with my sister and we'll pick up, we'll, we'll pick something out for her at the mall. I got my sister's present. She's the easiest to shop for. All of them. Oh, you think it's something really stupid? That's probably what she wants. That's, that's probably exactly what she wants. A blanket of any type... Doesn't matter what it is, blanket, candle, whatever. Get some for a dog. I don't know. Like I, I have bought some weird. Like so. Here's the dynamic that I have with my sister in regards to getting gifts, getting and giving gifts. So when we were growing up, you know, we didn't really do the gift giving stuff because we didn't have a, you know, disposable income like that. So now, mostly since high school, we have been giving each other gifts. We have been spending money on each other. So I make sure to get my mom, my dad, and my sister a gift every single year. And sometimes gifts are better than others. That's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. <laughs> but when it comes to me and my sister, oh, it gets a little interesting. Logan always splashes out for his little sister who just happened to graduate from you and I with a master's degree. I know. Big achievement there. You'd think that'd be a present enough, right? I have been to two graduations for her. That is one too many. <laughs> I shouldn't need to go to more than one. I told her that I, I stole this one. I stole this one. But I've seen you graduate. I've seen you graduate twice. You go for a doctorate. I ain't going again. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it twice. I get the gist. I shouldn't have showed up the second one, but I did. I woke up early on Saturday, drove up to Cedar Falls, then drove back after that. Well, obviously, because we're in Cedar. We're in Madrid right now. But <laughs> drove back. Hung out with some friends, watched some UFC fights, went to a going away party, did all that stuff. Like, I, I, I'm not doing that again. I'm not doing that again. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. But you would think that my presence at graduation would be a present enough bar. 
But no, I had to get her something else. So growing up, going through high school, middle school, high school, college, and all that stuff, Big Brother has splashed out some very nice presents. Claire has gotten me the last thing on the list because she always makes me make a list. And my mom always makes me make a list because apparently I'm the hardest person to shop for in the world. I, I just don't really need a whole lot of stuff. I can buy all the stuff that I really need. I don't really want a lot of stuff. I mean, it'd be cool to have like a new TV or a couch or something like that, but I'm not going to ask for that. I want to buy that myself. I, I don't need something grand, extravagant, extravagant, gra- hmm, extravagant gift. Like if you want to give me a pair of pants, cool. But I can buy my own socks, okay? I don't need to get socks as a Christmas present. And my sister, one year, I had all this list made out. I go and buy her the $60 gift. I'm feeling really good about myself. Like, man, I'm such a good big brother. Give myself a big old... I just knocked my headphones off. <laughs> I was giving myself too big of a, a pat on the back there. Hold on. Let's readjust this. Let's readjust this. Let's readjust... <laughs> I, you can't give yourself too big of a pat on the back for that one, I guess. But... I was giving myself a pat on the back. You know what my sister got me? She got me a socks. And you know what's even better about these socks? There was two pairs of socks in this package of socks. I was like, what is this? Well, Logan was on your list. I was like, well, okay. Lawyered, basically. Lawyered. And Logan buys this stupid ass volcano candle. Logan gets vinyls he already has. <laughs> she helped my mom with that one. At least I'm, I'm at least I'm being told. This was years ago. Years ago. Or years ago, like two years ago or something like that. But I didn't complain at the time. I'm complaining now because I have had enough time in the I've, I've stored enough time in the bank to be able to complain and moan about the presents. You have to have a five year window, and then you can complain about the presents. That's how it works, especially when it comes to your younger sister. Then you have, well, you should, you, actually, for siblings, you can accelerate that a little bit. But I generally had the five-year window thing with that. Now, in regards to secret Santas, those are just fun. Those are just fun. Everybody gets, like, $40 worth of stuff, and it's just fun. You exchange gifts with people. And I got this year, I, I love the stuff that I got this year. So I got a Bill's koozie, which I'm actually using right now. I got a, a Coors Light Silver Bullet. Got a Bill's koozie, and we'll talk about the Buffalo Bills here in a little bit. I got a deck of playing cards. Which is something my mom always says, and she said it, uh, the person I got, or got that got me for the gift, uh, she says something my mom always says. Everybody needs to have a deck of cards in their house. And to be honest, I do not have a deck of cards in my house <laughs> until now. And they're Chicago Cubs cards, so it's perfect. And then to cap it all off, I got a chicken calendar. I got a chicken calendar. And it's got my chicken on the front of it, too. So if you didn't know, I mean, we've talked about it on the, before, but I have three chickens, and they're dumb as a box of rocks. That's the nicest way I could put that. I would put a box of rock. You know Rocky from SpongeBob? Yeah, you thought I was going to say Rocky Balboa. You know Rocky from SpongeBob when Patrick brings him to the great snail race? And like Gary's going to race. Squidward's got a snail in there. Patrick brought the freaking rock. And he goes, okay, Rocky, you can go whenever you want. I would take that rock in an intelligence battle, an IQ battle with my three chickens. They're the dumbest animals I think I've ever been around in my entire life. And I've been around my sister. <laughs> Roasted. Okay, that's not important, though. They're stupid. Like, one of the chickens, the one that's on the cover of the calendar, which is really, and it's one of those things where, you know, once you have something, 
and you never noticed it before, but then once you have something, you see it freaking everywhere. Like, I have a chicken, one of them. So two of them are just normal, you know, fat-ass, stupid chickens. One of them's got a freaking, like, Donald Trump faux hawk thing going on the top of its head. I can't explain it. I don't know how to explain it. I've never seen it before. On the front of the calendar is that exact chicken. I've never seen a chicken like that before. My Maybe I just haven't been experienced with enough chickens in my life. Granted, I didn't think I was going to own any chickens at any point in my life. So this is a, a new revelation for me. But, man, they are still... Like, she just stands in food. And the other two chickens just stare at her. And you know what else this other chicken does? She takes shit in the food. Like, what What are you doing? You contaminated the entire, spe- the entire ecosystem. Not just for the other chickens, but for yourself as well. I know they're fatter and probably stupider than you. But, hey, you can't do that. You can't be going around doing that. I had one... So I have a garden in the chicken area. I think it's the best way to call it. The... It's like this fenced-off area where the chickens are free to roam around and do all that stuff. They got a little house as well that the previous owners built. Great stuff. Very nice setup. But one of the chickens, we'll call him Beef, because that's her name. <laughs> we have Beef, Big Black, and owner of Christopher Big Black Boykin, and Spiker Daniels, which is obviously the one with the spike on the head. But Beef is, especially, she, her original name was Rob Deerdeck, because we have Big Black and Rob Deerdeck. But Beef is arguably the dumbest chicken out of the lot. She's probably the dumbest. This chicken, so I, a couple weeks ago, I went out to hang out with some friends. You know, as you do, very popular individual. So I went out to hang out with some friends. I left the house at around 11.20, 11.30. I was going back to Urbandale, sometime around there. I got back to the house around 4.20, LOL, 4.30, somewhere around there. This stupid chicken is walking around in the closed-off garden area. That chicken could have got in there a minute or two after I left, it had been stuck in there all day. So I go to open up the gate. I told the little thing back. I'm like, hey, you can get out now. You want to know what this chicken does? You, I'll give you three guesses. I'll give you three guesses, okay? We're going to have a little game here. I'll give you three guesses what the chicken does. So the chicken does it. A, go out the giant ass opening in the gate. B, does it fly over the top, which is the way I'm assuming it got in there. Or B, or C, does it to try to dig under the fence? If you guess C, you are correct. I don't know what the hell. And it can't dig. It's only got freaking feet. It just started to peck the ground and try to bury itself underneath the fence. I was like, dude, what are you doing? That's not how you got in here. I That's why I hate like flies and stuff. Like you got in like a smaller crack than when I'm leaving open with the freaking window in the car. Fly out the window. Stop hanging around in here. <laughs> so try to dig underneath the fence. So then I have to corral her out. It's like, what are you doing? Go, and you, when I tried to corner her, you know what happened? To try and get her out of that corner? She ran to the other corner. She didn't even go out the corner that had the giant opening in the fence. It made no sense, Bar, at all. It makes no sense. Stupid animals. <laughs> and beef doesn't lay eggs. She's living here rent-free. Living here absolutely rent-free. Absolutely rent-free. It's a, a travesty. I like Spiker Daniels. She's chill. Apart from when she shits in the food and stands in and bullies the other two chickens. Because they're too stupid to realize what's going on. But man. Chickens, man. I didn't think we were going to talk about chickens today. But, you know, we were talking about Christmas. talking about Secret Santa and stuff like that. It's just a fun time. 
Very fun time of the year. And obviously, I'm joking with all the, the Christmas gifts that me and my sister have given each other. Like, I, I actually, I appreciate it. I appreciate all the gifts. You can't complain about getting Christmas gifts because someone spent money on you to get you something. Doesn't mean it can't be shite, but you got to pretend like you like it. You got to pretend. I might give someone my candle. At the, at the Secret Santa party, we made we painted candles with candle wax. I didn't even thought it was a thing until we did it. <laughs> and I made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fighting Shredder. It's pretty sick. Hyper-realistic candle that I made here. But I don't want to burn it because it would ruin my art. I don't even know if it smells. Maybe it doesn't smell. Maybe I'm just burning wax. I haven't tried to burn it yet, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge if we get to it. We're not getting into it yet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But you know what I'm also thankful for? And I know there's some there's a group of people on social media that don't really like it. I, I've some in the past I've been like I won't say 50-50 on the matter, but there has been a part of me that has agreed with the la- the the opposite side of what I'm about to say. And no, it's not that extreme. But bowl season is on right now. I'm sitting here watching the Marshall Thundering Herd take on the UTSA Roadrunners. And do you want to know who the quarterbacks are in this game? Do you know, happen to know who the quarterbacks are in this game. Here, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Frank Harris is not playing for UTSA. So, the quarterback for UTSA is Owen McCown. Say McCown of the McCown family that's been around the NFL. The Marshall quarterback is Cole Pennington. Chad Pennington's son. Chad Pennington was drafted 16th overall by the New York Jets in 2000, the same year Tom Brady was drafted, who played for Marshall with Randy Moss. That same Pennington is now the quarterback at Marshall, and to be 100% honest, neither one of them are playing that well right now. It's not the greatest game of all time. Like, Owen, McC- Owen McCown already has two interceptions. I mean, the first ha- first quarter just ended, but he's one for six with one yard, two picks. So every time he throws the ball, <laughs> there's a greater chance that he throws an interception rather than throw a completed pass for a singular yard. That is crazy. And then Cole Pennington, 2 for 5, 17. You know, that's a little better than, you know, the 1 for 6, 1 yard, 2 pick stat line we got going on there. But he does have 7 yards rushing, where Cole Pennington has negative 8 yards rushing. So, you know, can't have it all. Can't have it all, right? But not the greatest game. And we did the whole bowl prediction thing a couple weeks ago with Brady. I don't know if you guys remember that show. Very fun show. You could go back and listen to that if you want. But on my Capital One bowl predictions thing right now, I am 5 and 3. I'm 5 and 3. 58.7% uh 50 points right now. I rank 287,255th. Which means there is at least one person actually I shouldn't say that. I don't even know how many people submitted one, but I, there's got to be at least one person worse than that, right? <laughs> there's got to got to be somebody worse than that. And we started off on a little like nice little ride. Ohio kicked the shit out of Georgia Southern. Absolutely kicked the shit out of them 41-21. Then we have Florida A&M in a close one. And a very close one against against Howard. They they tried their hardest to lose that game. They tried their hardest. 97% of the world picked Florida A&M. 97%. And they almost lost it. <laughs> 3% picked Howard. Those 3% would have been very happy. It would have been a lot lower if it was for that game. And then uh, going lower, Louisiana decided to lose to Jacksonville State. That one was more of a, you know, hatred for Jacksonville State, I didn't really use that my analytical brain on that one. When we picked that game, if I remember correctly, which I always do, Jacksonville State plays in Alabama. And second of all, Jacksonville's not a state. So how can Jack how can you be Jacksonville State? 
Not only are you not in Jacksonville, the, the Jacksonville everybody knows, you're in Alabama, and you're not a state. Jacksonville is a city in Alabama. But it's Jacksonville State in Alabama. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Iowa State makes sense. North Carolina State makes sense. Jacksonville State does not make sense. It's stupid, so that's why I picked Louisiana. The Raging Cajuns. And the Raging Cajuns lost the game, 31-34. to Then Appalachian State beat another fraud in a city, Miami, Ohio. At least it's not Miami State in Ohio. Just Miami, Ohio. And we were the underdogs in that one. 47% of us smart individuals picked Appalachian State in that one. And they won in a barn-burning 13-9 effort. And then, you know, you can't win them all. New Mexico State lost to Fresno State 37-10. I mean, hey, 75% of the people that made that did this picked New Mexico State. So, I ain't too mad. I ain't too mad. I'm in the majority that was wrong. <laughs> it got absolutely blasted for it. Absolutely blasted for it. I mostly picked New Mexico State because I watched their first game of the year. I think it was against UMass when we did our fantasy football draft. Oh my god! <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit because we'll do our fantasy football update here. And then we got UCLA. They beat Boise State thirty-five to twenty-two. And then we had Cal. We picked them over Texas Tech. Cal lost thirty-four to fourteen. Have no idea what my reason was for that one. I don't remember. I really don't remember what that reason was. Did I say something stupid like Jared Goff beat Patrick Mahomes, so we're picking Cal? Was that it? Or did I say like Cal put 50 on US or 49 on USC, so they're going to beat Texas Tech, who almost beat Oregon? I don't know what my reasoning was for that. Maybe it was momentum, because I know Texas Tech got ass blasted by Texas last week of the year. I don't remember. All I know is wrong. And then Western Kentucky, obviously, beating Old Dominion in the famous Toastry Bowl, 38 to 35. The memes, Western Kentucky. For not, whatever the hell their mascot is, I don't know what their mascot's called. I it's If that's a hilltopper, then cool. But the thing is scary. So when I see, I saw a picture that Western Kentucky's official account tweeted. It was the, the red blob thing running down the canyon chasing a lion, the monarchs, you know, Old Dominion monarchs, like the freaking Lion King, like the wildebeest scene in Lion King. That's what it looked like. It's like, good lord, Toastry Bowl. It's the Toastry Bowl. And bowls like that are a reason why a lot of people, like, a few years ago, were like, there are too many bowl games. The famous Toastry Bowl? But when you see the reaction of the players after the game, you're like, oh, that's kind of fun. So there was a time where I was like, yeah, there's too many freaking bowl games right now. There's too many bowl games. Like, five and seven teams are making bowl games. But games like that are really fun. Games like that that you get to see. And right now, uh, Marshall just scored, actually. A rushing touchdown. It's 14 and nothing right now. We picked, obviously picked UTSA, because why not? And we, <laughs> we're losing this game pretty bad. And then the games we got Thursday, we got Syracuse taking on South Florida. We picked Syracuse. We had Georgia Tech beating UCF. That is on Friday. And then we got some more games on Saturday as well. And then when do Iowa and Iowa State play their bowl games? I was listening to Jamie Pollard on the radio today. Iowa State's athletic director, for those of you who do not know. Iowa State plays in the Liberty Bowl on the 29th, which is a Friday. And then Iowa plays Tennessee in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl on the 1st. I picked Tennessee and Iowa State for those games. But hey, maybe Iowa's defense absolutely shuts down an inconsistent Tennessee offense. Who knows? But I'm going to go with the high-flying. If Tennessee's offense clicks like it can, 
there's no reason that they shouldn't beat Iowa, but hey, you never know. You never know. It's college football again. <sighs> Famous Toastery Bowl happened. <laughs> six and six Howard almost beat a two loss four day and or one loss four day and M team. Probably should have beat them. To be honest, probably should have beaten them. But I brought up the New Mexico State game. Geez, sorry. New Mexico State absolutely got blasted again by Fresno State. I'm going to remind everybody of that so New Mexico State fans can feel bad about themselves for allowing me to look like a freaking idiot and not tell me that, hey, this team's actually ass. Do not pick us. Pick Fresno State instead. So I'm going to remind you all that, hey, New Mexico State, ass, hate list forever. Let's go Bulldogs. Okay. The draft that I had that night of when New Mexico State played UMass, like the only thing I really remember from that game, the quarterback from New Mexico State has his helmet turned all the way around. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. And I'm not just talking about this individual circumstance. I'm just talking about in general. Have you ever seen a football player, doesn't matter position, have his helmet turned completely around, 180 degrees, the opposite direction. He is looking out the back ass of his helmet. Have you ever seen that before? Well, go look up the UTS or the UMass versus New Mexico State game. Week one, you will see it. But on that day, on that day, which I'm pretty sure was Andrew's birthday. Now I'm thinking about it. So we were at Ledges that day. We went up to Ledges, and then I came back to Grimes, got changed, and then went to Jethro's to go watch, obviously, UMass versus New Mexico State. And then I did our fantasy football draft. I was feeling super confident going into the season. Like we said last time, like the draft went exactly, the first three picks went exactly how I wanted. Exactly how I want. And they all performed well. Like, I'm still not upset with the three picks that I had. It was Jamar Chase, Travis Etienne, and Jameer Gibbs. I'm perfectly content with how those three worked out. I'm not content with how the rest of the season went. And I've talked about this last week. Like, my team, I think, is better than what my team was last year. My shit-ass team that somehow won a championship. Don't know how that happened. This team's better. This team is better. And I won the Sacco. I won the second. I'll tell you what the, the punishment was if I didn't win. I mean, this is, <laughs> I got, people are going to find out what would happen if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know, but no, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you because <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. So in the Snapchat group chat for the fantasy football league, Drew, who's the GM, the commissioner of the league has been the entire existence of the league. Drew went through and did every single game preview for the playoffs. You know, in the Sacco Bowl, this is my first time ever being here. I'm a two-time champ. This is my first time ever being here. So, you know, I could get a little nervous. There could be a part of me that gets nervous. Like, oh, man, I've never been in the shit bowl before. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I can't swim. Maybe I can't swim. When you walk on water, they say it's because you can't swim. Man, bar. But Kobe, who's in this game, I think this they said this is his. I don't pay attention to the Sacco Bowl. I mean, I never go, so why would I need to pay attention? I've never even lost a first-round playoff game. Still haven't, technically, but I never lost a first-round playoff game. So why would I pay attention to the Sacco Bowl, which is something I never... I'm a two-time champ, never lost a first-round playoff game. I never, I'm going to pay attention to the Sacco. But per my sources, Kobe's been in the Sacco three times, if I remember correctly. Been in the Sacco three times. Has never lost in the Sacco. Never once. So with me coming in, again, two-time champ and all that stuff, never playing in this game before, can't don't know if I'm really made out for the, the shit bowl. Drew, the commissioner, said, Blackman, I'm going to make you a bet. And ironically, the video froze. <laughs> I didn't see what the bet was. <laughs> no, I got, I got it eventually. But the bet was, 
if Kobe beats me, because he's never lost in the Sacco before, and the three times he's gone, he's never lost. So this is like his domain. I'm I'm entering Kobe's domain here. If I lose to Co- if Kobe beat if I beat Kobe, let's start off with that one. If I beat Kobe, Drew buys me a nice cool glass of Easy Eddie. I think that's fair. Easy Eddie's very good. And Kobe tried to diminish it to as Logan gets a beer if he beats me. No, Logan gets an Easy Eddie if he beats me. I don't have any Easy Eddies with me right now. That's why I'm drinking Coors Light. I don't have an Easy Eddie with me. I wish I did. I wish I did. But Easy Eddies are beautiful. And to get one winning a game, yeah, I think that's worth it. To get one for free, yeah, I will, sure as hell, I will take that. But the problem was what I would have to do if I lost, which again, I guess we'll never know. But Drew's request, and I accepted it, so if it, if I lost, which again, I did, I won by 24 points, easy game. But if I lost, Drew had free reign for five minutes to come on the Logan Blackman show and rant about Iowa, the Big Ten West, Big Ten basketball, Iowa basketball, and I can't remember what else. There, there's a few things that he was going to rant about. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm super confident. I, mean, I, I shouldn't be in this game. My team is better than it was last year. Why am I here? I shouldn't be here. I'm going to take care of business. And I'm going to remind people who the hell I am, even though it's in the sackable. But that would have been very interesting. That would have been very, very interesting I don't know when that show would have come out, but I would I would have obliged. I would have obliged. I mean, I made the bet, shook his hand virtually. I did the emoji that had the shake hands thing. Like, I think it was a fair bet, especially since I'm not. I was confident I was going to win, so I wasn't really too worried about it. And I got, I was like, man, I'm just getting a free beer for a playoff game. Hell yeah! But 124 to 100, I had a pretty damn good week. And I talk about the players that I drafted. One of them played well <laughs> the first three weeks. The first three picks. One of them played well, and that was Jameer Gibbs. Travis Etienne did next to nothing, as did the entire Jaguars team, though, to be fair. Jamar Chase got hurt. Not great. And playing a Vikings defense that has vastly improved with Brian Flores coming in, so didn't do anything. But I had people like Sam Laporta, who dominated in this game. The Texans defense played very well against the Houston Texans in the second, or the Tennessee Titans, sorry, in the second half. Like, my team did not really perform above expectations. If anything, they actually underperformed, which is sad. Like, Lamar Jackson did not do a lot. Uh, Travis Etienne did not do a lot. Chase, Puka Nakua did not do a lot, fantasy-wise. Like, 50 yards receiving is fine, but he didn't do a lot in regards to fantasy output. Dave Montgomery, 85 yards rushing. I mean, saw a game, but didn't give me, you know, touchdown, which I need. Dustin Hopkins, 8 points for a kicker, fine. I'll take it, but I didn't, I could have got more. I could have used more. But it's nice to have this type of game, your last game of the year, and not have anybody, like, not have any regrets about who you started and who you benched. Because nobody on my bench scored more than my starters. Nobody did. Like, Travis Etienne, for how nothing he really did, still got 7.9 points. The highest scoring running back on my bench was 5.1. Then Brandon Ayuk was the highest scoring receiver on the bench. He got 5.2. My lowest scoring receiver is Puka Nakua. He got 7.8. And he got less than my flex, too. Dave Montgomery got 9.2. Like Kobe, who I played, he could have beat me. He could have beat me. But that's you start Sam Howell in, <laughs> in the Sacco Championship, it's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. But it makes it even worse when he had Jordan Addison on the bench who got 26.1 points. He had Curtis Samuel on the bench who got two touchdowns in the game as well. So, yeah, it's not great, especially when you look at Calvin Ridley started and only had 39 yards receiving. Jalen Warren. Fine game, 40 yards rushing, but only 9.3 points. Derrick Henry got three points, but yeah, Kyron Williams still 
balling, as we expected, because Kyron Williams just, they're going to give him the rock. They are going to feed him the entire freaking time. But yeah, scary, scary moments for a little bit. Like, I'm 4-10. and 10. How the hell did that happen? How did that happen? This team is not a 4-10 and 10 team. Like, last year, I was trying to make so many trades because my team was so ass. I remind you, I drafted Trey Lance as my only quarterback last year. Like, my team was, like, below ass. Like, whatever below ass is, that's what my team was last year. I was sending the dumbest trades out because I had absolutely nobody. I was throwing shit at the wall and hope it stuck, pretty much. I was throwing 18 darts in one hand just trying to hope something hit the dartboard. That, that's pretty much what I was doing. This year, I made one trade. Because I was like, my team's good. We're content with everything. It just so happened I played the best team like every week this year. I scored 124 points this week. 124. There is one team that scored more points than me. One team. And he scored 127. I'm in the last place game. I saw a game happen between the one versus the eight seed, which is the game I would have been in. Well, no, where well, I guess it wouldn't have mattered anyways, but who cares? I let, you know what, for the rant, I'm going to do it. The game I would have been in, <laughs> it is, this is, again, this is not what would happen, what would have happened because I would have still been five and nine and I wouldn't have made it anyways. But wait, no, I played a, I played a six and eight team. So I would have been five and nine and I scored more points. So I would have been either a set an eight. Okay, let's look at the teams I would have played. Let's look at the teams I would have played if I made. Because I, I played Joel, who finished six and eight. I lost. I was the third highest scoring team in the league, I think, that week. And he would just happen to be the second highest scoring team in the league. Like, it just, it's stupid. It's really stupid <laughs> how this stuff happened this year. Really stupid. Let's look at the game. Like, if I was of eight seed, if I happened to be an eight seed. Like, this one versus eight matchup, lead, winning team won 113, scored 113 points. That's great again, 124. And then Joel, he won this week, beating Glenn. Joel scored less points than me. Spencer, who's 6-8 and eight this year. No disrespect to Spencer, he was my pick to win the championship this year. Going all in on my boy Spencer. Joined the two-league two champ club. He beat another two-league two-time champ in this league. Now it's Ryan, beat him 105-103. Uh, Jake is still alive. He's the other two-time champ. There are three two-time champs in this league. That's me, Jake, and Ryan. And Jake won, but Drew, commissioner, didn't really put up much of a fight. Drew put up 60.66 points. And your playoff matchup, man. Playoff. You want you come on my show? No, I'm joking. I'm joking, but it's... I love... This is my favorite league I've been just because I've been in it for so long. There's so much bragging rights in this league. So, I'll, again, I'll be back. I'll be back. Now, if we're going to scan the rest of my playoff adventure, I guess, at this point, we're kind of like a mixed bag. We're kind of a mixed bag. In the William Penn League, this is the one that hurts the most. Actually, you know what? We'll, we'll end with that one. We'll end with the William Penn League. But in my... I had a first round buy in this league. 10-4, and four, best team in the league. You know, it happens. In my league in Jared, Noah, and Andrew's neighborhood league. I am the three seed in the playoffs. I'm playing, obviously, the two seed. That's what happens, usually, in the four-team playoff. I don't want to say anything about the game being done. I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to jinx myself. I'm going to knock on one just because I even said that. I'm not even going to jinx it. But I am winning 123 to 49. Yeah. That's not really a great score, 
But like we said last week, this was manifest destiny that me and Andrew were going to play in the championship again. If I'm in the championship in this league, I only want to play one person. That's Andrew Meyer. One person. One person. And if I beat Andrew, I am a two-time champ in this league. I think Andrew's like a four-time champ or something. He's won three in a row. You want to know who ended that streak? Me. So if I beat Andrew this year, and then again, this, we're still playing hypotheticals here. So Andrew might not even make the championship. He's in a closely contested battle right now. He's up 69 to 57. Again, I scored 123 points. No one in the rest of the teams scored above 70. I'm not saying it's going to walk me to a championship. I'm going to knock on one again. But it's not great. It's not great. But if I beat Andrew again in the championship, the only reason Andrew won championships before is because I wasn't there. Essentially. we got to look at the facts here. Is Andrew a fraud? Is that what we're going to say? I mean, if I win technically, hypothetically, two leagues in three years, two and three, I'm like the Miami Marlins. Like, I just come in, wreck shit up. <laughs> no one ever won the league in their first year apart from the, you know, the first year league. I did. Who believed that? God did. <laughs> Didn't perform my best last year. Wasn't insanely confident after the draft. And things can change, obviously. No lead is safe. It's football. Things happen. I'm aware of that. But I didn't think I would ever score 100 and what? How many points? 123 points in a playoff game? It's pretty damn impressive. I'm pretty proud of that team. Pretty proud of that one. In the other league that I'm in, I am losing by... You know, I'm playing Andrew in that league. That We're not competing for a championship or anything. We're just in the outside looking into the playoffs. Or the five and six seats in this league. Uh, both seven and seven. Andrew is beating me right now by a score. And this is jacked up scoring. I don't understand how it works. <laughs> this this league is so jacked in regards to scoring. I had one week. CJ Stroud scored 85 points. Brady says this is normal scoring. Brady's the commissioner of this league. He says this is normal scoring. This is the weirdest scoring I've ever seen. I think it's freaking hilarious. Right now, in one week, <laughs> playoffs, it is 173 to 164. Not PPR. It's just this weird... I don't understand the scoring. It's the only time I've ever seen the scoring. But CJ Stroud, who was obviously out last week in concussion, with a concussion, when he played, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had those five touchdowns, 470 yards, 85 points. He had another week where he had 65 points. That's insane. So that one's close. That one's close. But again, we're not competing for a title there. There's nothing really on the line in that league regardless. So I'm not really too fussed about that one. Like the Sacco Bowl. Like in the other league. My team is record-wise worse. But I had stuff on the line. I actually had stuff on the line. This one I don't. So I'm not too fussed about this one. But the William Penn League. This is one I'm upset about. This is one I'm very upset about. I'm playing Justin. Who has been on the show before. He's been on the show before. We had talked about the collusion, the in-trade, insider trading stuff that happened previously in the league. Everybody was cheering me on. Everybody was cheering me on. And this week, I thought I put forth a very valiant effort. I thought I put forth a very good team. I thought I put forth the best possible outcome for my team to reign supreme. Come on, victorious. I have a good group of running backs. I have a good group of running backs. But just so happens this week, I tried to focus too much on matchups and actually go... Hey, Logan, let's think of this logically. Which coach actually has a brain off the play caller? Okay, let's think of this one. So you drafted a running back. 
eighth overall, performed B. John Robinson, widely considered to be a top five player in the draft. Widely considered. You have Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, Desmond Ritter. Why is this guy not getting the ball? And not only that, B. John Robinson was playing the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if you know this about the Carolina Panthers. They are ass. You remember what I was talking about before? What's below ass? I don't know. Well, that below ass is actually the Carolina Panthers. They are a terrible football team. Terrible. The Falcons somehow were once leading this division. They lost 7-9 to the Panthers in a freaking monsoon. Even more reason to give your eighth overall draft pick the freaking ball. I understand he fumbled. Maybe I'm missing context here. I obviously did not watch this game because of the freaking Panthers or Falcons. It's 6-9, LOL. I was not, or 7-9, sorry. Sorry for the premature LOL. I obviously didn't watch this game. But Bijan Robinson, please, man. Arthur, please, dude. Negative .6? Justin played Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was hurt in a game where the Raiders beat the Chargers by 100 points. Josh Jacobs didn't even play, and Josh Jacobs got more points than B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson was projected 13.2 points because he's playing the Panthers. Josh Jacobs didn't even, again, didn't even play and got more points than B. John Robinson. Jameer Gibbs, Rashad White, fine. They did good stuff. 22.8, 19.9. I will take that in a heartbeat. The reason I'm so upset is because there's a guy on my bench that and sticking with the position, a guy on my bench that happened to play a team that some people out there said was the best team in football, or at least one of them. They had an MVP caliber quarterback. They were playing really good defense. They have the number one fantasy defense. Oh man, this is not a good matchup for them. And if you know anything, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. I started a running back that got point, negative, negative, 0.6 points. 0.6 points would have at least been points. Negative 0.6 points is damn right insulting. On my bench against the number one defensive fantasy, I started James Cook. On my bench. James Cook was projected 10.5 points, which is a good amount of points. Which is a good amount of points. But my brother in Christ, you were playing the Carolina Panthers in the rain. This should be you. This is your him moment. I watched Le'Veon Bell rush for over 200 yards against the Bills in a snow game because they couldn't throw the ball. The Bills played in wet conditions. And James Cook, eight against the number one defense. Bijan played the Panthers. I could not reiterate that enough. I understand the Falcons are not great. The Falcons are one of the best teams in that shit-ass division. 0.6 points? You have one of the best offensive And For how not great they are, they have a very good offensive line. I mean, you don't want to go very good. It's a good offensive line. And your eighth overall pick gets negative 0.6 points. Arthur Smith can go do one. Quit playing Desmond Ritter. Get a new coach. Get a new quarterback. Start over. You have Kyle Pitts and Drake London rotting away on your team. And you let B. John Robinson do absolutely nothing. That is three top ten picks that they are getting nothing out of. I can't remember. I think Kyle Pitts might have scored in this game, actually, which is an anomaly. But Arthur Smith, go do one, my guy. Get a new quarterback in. 
Whether it's Justin Fields, whether you draft like Jaden Daniels or something, you got to get somebody in. And in this game, I don't think it would surprise you to let you know I'm losing because dude had freaking Christian McCaffrey go go up for 36 points. He had three touchdowns. One of them, he could have taken a freaking nap. Literally, he fell on the ground. He was at like the five-yard line, toppled over. He was planking. He said, let me do this viral challenge from 2016 real quick, and I'm going to get up and score a touchdown. And I had freaking Bijan Robinson starting. Two eighth overall picks right there. Christian and Bijan. Both playing very bad football teams. You want to know what the drafts position are right now? I know the Cardinals have played the 49ers tough in the past, but the Panthers, if, you know, things were, they didn't trade for the number one pick last year. They have the number one overall pick. The Cardinals have the third overall pick. The Falcons are in the competition to lead this division. Again, not great, but the Panthers suck. They're bad. They're a very bad football team. And James Cook, I don't want to make this sound like I'm saying anything negative towards James Cook. James Cook freaking balled out. What have you been saying this entire year? Let James cook. Let him cook. And James was allowed to cook. Gordon Ramsay style. If you're from Iowa, from the Des Moines area, you know size that guy over at Ohio Steakhouse. James Cook was that freaking guy on Sunday. They beat the shit out of the Dallas Cowboys. The absolute pig snot out of the Cowboys. And you remember we talked about last Wednesday that I can understand why people are saying Dak Prescott's an MVP candidate? He's done now. I don't care how many good numbers he puts up. You cannot be an MVP candidate anymore if you get ass blasted by a combined 80 points to the 49ers and Bills. I don't care. And he lost the Cardinals. I don't care. So, you're done. You're done. I've never seen an MVP lose by 40 points. 30 points. We'll, give the, we'll go 30. It's not technically 30, but we're counting it. 30 points twice and be an MVP. I've never seen it. Never once seen it. And Josh Allen, this is the game he did the least in his entire Bills career. This is what I have been asking for for years. This game was everything I wanted. This is arguably the best game they have played all around all year. They kicked the shit out of the Cowboys. It was never close. It was never close. James Cook looked like a different animal at the beginning of the game. Like, even just at the beginning, he was running through arm tackles. He looked awesome. And what I what I what have I been saying about the Bills in regards to Josh Allen? Nobody in the NFL, no team in the NFL is more reliant on their quarterback than the Buffalo Bills are. If Josh Allen, oh geez, UTSA tied the game. It's 14-14. I haven't looked at this game. (laughs) Okay, fair enough, UTSA. But if Josh Allen was not being Josh Allen, the Bills were losing. The Bills' whole identity was around Josh Allen. The entire thing. the, The play calling, we brought this up last year. Like, this is not anything I've ever... This is not something new I've never ranted about before. We have talked about this for years now. 
The Bills need to have other options in this offense apart from just, hey, Josh Allen, go do something. You want to know my biggest problem with Ken Dorsey last year? You want to know what it was? If you listen to the show, you would know what it is. The Bills ran essentially the run-and-shoot offense, which is what the Houston Oilers ran in the 90s. The Houston Oilers, very fun offense to watch. Warren Moon at quarterback. They gave, they at the time, it was the biggest, it might still be, I can't remember the Chargers won in the Vikings game against the Colts last year, but that's, at the time at least, was the biggest playoff comeback in NFL history. You want to know why it was possible? Because the Oilers never ran. If you're up by 30 points and you have no running identity, you're going to allow a team to come back into the game because there's going to be incomplete pass. The clock's going to stop. It's just going to happen. Sure, you could pile on the points. Maybe, yeah, maybe you can absolutely destroy a team and absolutely embarrass them on national television. But the reality of that is, it's not very likely. Adjustments are going to happen. This is the NFL. Adjustments are going to happen. If you run an offense like the run and shoot where you only throw the ball and are so reliant on your quarterback and have no one else to help, you're going to lose games. And that's what happened numerous times for the Bills last year. You want to know what Joe Brady said in the press conference today. We didn't go into the game expecting James Cook to get the ball 100 times. But that's what the game said. If this was Ken Dorsey's offense, the Bills would have kept throwing the freaking football or asking Josh Allen to go, hey, go pull us out, go pull something out of your ass again. Like you have 100 times for this organization since you've been here. Josh Allen threw the ball 15 times. 15 times. Still got a touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Was it 10th straight game with a rushing and passing touchdown? NFL record, unsurprising. Has 10 games, not in a row, 10 games a season with pass rushing touchdowns, the most in single season in NFL history. And guess what? We still got three games left. Still got three games left. So it's going to keep growing, you would imagine, anyways. But Joe Brady is just so much better. It's, oh my God, I got a freaking fly in the, bu- the house right now or a ladybug or something. How'd you even get in here? That's what I'm talking about before. Why are you focusing on the lights? Go wherever you came in from. <laughs> oh my, okay, we got to turn away or something. But Joe Brady's so much better at his job. He actually has situational awareness, which is something the Bills have lacked over the past one and a half seasons. It's actually insane. They have a running game. And it's not to take anything away from Josh Allen. It's just adding to the offense. Bills fans out there, before the draft, like, I wanted Travis Etienne. I wanted Brees Hall. Like, I wanted running backs in the first round. There were Bills fans out there go, oh, well, if you add a running back in, that takes away from Josh Allen. I don't think James Cook's really taken away from Josh Allen. I really don't. James Cook has been absolutely insane this year. James Cook, right now, is third in the NFL in all-purpose yards. Third for position players. Goes McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, James Cook. James Cook is second in the NFL in rush yards. Granny's like 300 behind McCaffrey, but that's another story. McCaffrey's on a different planet this year. James Cook had a game where he had negative four rushing yards on five attempts. And he's still second in the league in rushing yards, third in the league in all-purpose yards per position players. This game was perfectly called by Joe Brady. Perfectly. Because, again, they would keep throwing the ball. They would keep going, hey, Josh, go save us again. Josh, again, I cannot reiterate, Josh threw the ball 15 times. Josh Allen in the postgame press conference said, I feel like a kid who worked on a project and did nothing and still got an A on it. 
It's pretty much what Von Miller's been doing all year. Von Miller's done next to nothing the entire year. Actually, he's done nothing this year. He hasn't done next to nothing. He's done nothing. Apart from being the meat, but apart, apart from being the news, but that's a whole another kettle of fish that we're not going to get into right now. But that was insane. That was absolutely insane. Like we're talking about all pro votes votes for James Cook right now. They were. Did we think we'd be here with Ken Dorsey calling the offense? We knew Joe James Cook was a very talented back. We said this last year. James Cook should be the starting running back. He's so much better in every single aspect than Devin Singletary is. He's proved that and then some this year. And that's not to take away anything from Devin Singletary this year with the Texans. He's had a very solid year. But there's a reason he went to the Texans. <laughs> he's just he's just fine. I know that personally against the guy, but he's just not very good. To a level of a team that should be competing like this. And I say that the Texans are <laughs> I should I shouldn't say that. The Texans are technically above the Bills, the playoff standings. But James Cook has been insane. Absolutely insane. Like There's nothing else I can really say, but they actually ran the ball, and Joe Brady again literally said that we didn't go into the game thinking that we were going to do this. It just happened. This is how everything was working. Scratch where it itches type thing. We say that all the time on the show. Scratch where it itches. If a play keeps working and the defense can't stop it, why stop running it? Run it till they stop it. The Cowboys couldn't stop James Cook once. And the sad thing is, he only got his second rushing touchdown of the season. That's his only downside. He's got two rushing touchdowns because they take him out and put Latavius Murray in to get rushing touchdowns. Which, James Cook, Latavius Murray, Ty Johnson, they have been awesome since Joe Brady's taken over. Ty Johnson started getting implemented Joe Brady's first game as OC against the Jets. And he's looked awesome as a third back. He's looked sick. Latavius Murray is a very serviceable second down guy, or a third, like, secondary guy. Very serviceable in that. And James Cook's a starter. And with James Cook being as good as he is this year, he hasn't taken anything away from Josh Allen. Josh Allen, minus the interceptions, which, again, I'm not too fussed about. He has two more interceptions than Patrick Mahomes. He has two more interceptions than two attack of Viola. He's got more touchdowns than both of them. A lot more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes this year. You can bring up Kadarius Tony and all that stuff, or MVS and all that. Gabe Davis, I've watched Gabe Davis a lot this year. Dawson, or Dawson, Dalton Kincaid had a few drops on Sunday as well. But man, James Cook is awesome. He's so awesome. And that's what hurts me even more. Why did I not just bet on James Cook? I thought the Bills would win this game. I did. On Saturday, I was hanging out with Brady and Jared, and I said to Brady and Jared at the bar, I was like, Bills will beat the Cowboys. I expect the Bills to beat the Cowboys. If I'm being 100% honest, I expect the Bills to beat the Cowboys. Brady tried to bet me 15 bucks. I didn't bet Brady. And it's not because I wasn't confident. It's because I lose every bet I take with Brady. Almost every bet I take with him, I lose. I don't know what it is. It's like something in the universe says, no, if you bet with this guy, you're going to lose. So I don't bet with him with shit. So no matter how confident I was going into the game, like I could have just taken the 15 bucks. But because it was Brady... I was not doing it because something would have happened. I would have been jinxed and it would have been serious problems. It'd been terrible. I really don't know what it is. I cannot win bets with Brady, but man, 34 points rotting away on my bench. You want to know what the score is right now in this fantasy game? 94.16 to 120.42. So let's do something real quick. 
Let's go 94.16 plus 0.6 because we've got to get that back. And then we're back to zero. And then we're adding in 34.1. If James Cook played, if I played James Cook in my fantasy lineup, I have 128.86 points. I'm winning this game by eight points. But because I went with matchups versus over who's been playing better this year, and James Cook played great against the Chiefs. Why didn't I just take him with that? But no, I went Bijan because I thought the Panthers should complete ass. Falcons should run the ball easily in this game. Nope, point, negative point six points. And now I'm losing and probably going to lose the game. But who knows? You know, crazier things have happened, right? Said the same thing with Noah's game. I'm projected to win this game. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I beat the shit out of Justin week one, though. God dang it, this sucks. Absolutely sucks. Actually sucks. I hate it with every fiber of my being. This is a second straight year. Like, in this William Penn League, I, uh, we've had it for two years now. In both seasons, I mean, things could change. Again, things could change. Just like the Noah game, like, things can change. But if I lose this game, this will be the second straight year I have lost to a person that not only did I go to William Penn with, but also one that I see fairly regularly. I lost to Zach in the championship last year, and I'm going to possibly lose to Justin this time around. That is a terrible feeling to have. Absolutely terrible feeling to have. I don't see everybody else in the league that often. I obviously talk to them, but I don't see them too often. Well, I lost to Kevin second to last week of the regular season. I thought I screwed up my playoff chances. I lost by like .5 points or something like that. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> it, was absolutely, it made me sad. It's like, man, did I just screw it? And then Kevin would have had that over me. Now Justin has this over me. Potentially. Could come back. You never know. But it's gonna it is gonna be kind of hard to bring back a what one twenty to ninety four. It's gonna be pretty tough to top, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Eight six though, that's my record in that league. Pretty good record to be at right now, right? That's like the entire AFC is eight and six. At least that's what it feels like. So what you got the Bengals, you got the Steelers. No, the Steelers are seven and seven. What are the, what is the current stand? The Texans are eight and six. The Colts I think are eight and six. Let's check. Not NBA. Not NBA. I clicked on the wrong thing. Yeah, the Bills are eight and six. The Bengals are eight and six. The Jags, Colts, Texans are eight and six. Like there's just a lot of people that are eight and six. A lot of people. But man, if you would have told me post Broncos game that this is where the Bills would be right now, I like how good they've been playing. And we said that after the Jets game. Like, if they play like they do against the Jets, they can beat anybody in the league. They can. They should have beaten the Eagles by double digits. They were up by double digits in that game, and they completely choked at the end of overtime and the end of and the end of regulation too. Technically, you could have said they should have won the game in overtime with offense. They shouldn't have even need to play defense in that one, but that's neither neither here nor there. They're playing good. They're playing good, and the Cowboys. This is their fourth loss this season, fourth loss on the road. And I thought it was funny. They they showed the graphic of all the teams the Cowboys lost to this year, and it was they're like the Eagles and. The Niners, before this before they lost the Bills. I was like, well, you're just leaving out the fact they lost the Cardinals? Come on, Fox. Do better, man. Show the fact they lost the Cardinals. Come on. Let's show them they lost the Cardinals. It's fine. Just show that they lost to the Cardinals. It's perfectly okay. It's perfectly fine, guys. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But the thing that's crazy, though, like with the Bills, we talk about being 8-6. They're not in the playoffs right now. They're not. 
they're sitting at the the nine seed right now, behind the Texans because their record against the AFC is brutal this year. Like five of their six losses have been AFC teams. That's not what you want to do, especially when you're competing with a bunch of other teams that are eight, the same exact record as you. Which is insane. The Colts and freaking Texans can win the AFC South. Isn't that crazy? I didn't think that was possible. I thought the freaking Jaguars would run away with that division. And then I was proven wrong when the Texans absolutely blitzed them a few, like early on in the season. It's like, ooh, this is not going to be as easy as I thought it would be. And now we're having conversations. I saw this the other day on Twitter, on Sunday Night Football. Or not on, it wasn't on Sunday Night Football. But people were talking about it on Twitter, is Trevor Lawrence a bust? Is Trevor Lawrence bad? I saw today people printing up Trevor Lawrence's stats against Daniel Jones' stats for their first however many starts. Ignoring the fact Trevor Lawrence was with Urban Meyer, the worst head coach in NFL history. So that's that's one thing. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is a bust at all, but he hasn't been great. He did not look as good as what everybody thought he was, especially me. He did not look as good as what I thought he'd be this year. So I didn't think the, ja- the Jaguars, I don't even remember what my record was. I thought they'd be playing better than this. I understand Trevor Lawrence has also got a high ankle sprain that he's playing on for some reason, which I think is stupid that they're doing that. Like, this is one of those situations where, yeah, you're playing the Browns and Ravens, but think about your long-term plan here. And I'm not just saying this as somebody that wanted to see C.J. Beathard start in NFL games, meaningful NFL games, but you've got to think long-term here. Dude's got a high ankle sprain. You are putting him back out there on a short week. They lost to the Bengals on Monday Night Football. He played Sunday against the Browns. Like, give him a week of rest, please. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? That's your franchise guy. And you're brushing him back out there? Like, the next week against Miles Garrett? Okay, fair play to you, I guess. Like, just lean on Travis Etienne and put C.J. Beathard in. Like, that would have been perfectly fine. And people wouldn't be questioning Trevor Lawrence's legitimacy in the NFL right now <laughs> if he wasn't playing. If he was actually sitting out because he's hurt. It'd be really funny if the Jaguars ended up missing the playoffs. This is going to be like the easiest cakewalk division of the year. Like it was going to be so easy for the everybody. Thought, I remember before the season, Peter King had the Jaguars going fourteen and three, or four, thirteen and four, either one, and they're sitting here at eight and six, tied with the Colts and Texans. Really, like that is absolutely insane. But Colin Cowherd, he put out a top ten team. This is what's interesting. This back to my original point. But this is what's interesting about the eight and six record and the nine seed for the Bills. If you look at, like, and you can agree or disagree with these, I'm not going to say either way, but I do find it odd. The Bills aren't in the playoffs right now. But in all the power rankings I've seen, the Bills are in the top five teams in the NFL for a lot of these people out there, which is kind of just, like, head-scratching to a certain extent. It's like, they're not even in the playoffs. How are they a top 10 team? But with how they're playing, I can see where there's an argument. I mean, they beat the Chiefs on the road. They beat the shit out of the Cowboys. They played very well against the Eagles. Should have won that game. Like, ever since Joe Brady's been the OC, they've been absolutely on a freaking tear. Defensively, they played great as well. They should have had, like, five interceptions in that game against the Cowboys. Got one, but should have had more. Jordan Poyer should have had one. Benford should have had another one. Jordan Phillips should have had one. There were so many opportunities to get interceptions and turnovers in this game, and they just didn't take them. They did, again, they did end up getting one. Bills benched the Stars with 10.30 left in the fourth quarter. Like, it was insane. But, yeah, the Bills and Colin Coward's range were ranked third behind the two best teams most people consider the two best teams in the NFL, the Niners and Ravens. Third. 
I mean, granted, you look at the rest of the top 10, you got the Chiefs at four, Cowboys five, Lions, Dolphins, Rams, weird, and then Eagles and Browns. The Bills are three and one against all those teams in the top 10. And their only loss was in overtime. And three of those wins, combined, they're, they're plus 50 in those games. I don't, I was reading that like they didn't beat the Chiefs by 50 points. But, but against like the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and Dolphins, they're plus 50 in those games. So I understand why in that aspect, but I just can't wrap my head around a team that's not even in the playoffs being a top 10 team in the NFL. But again, how they're playing, I understand it. And then you look at the rest of it, like Miami is 0-3 against teams in the top 10 here. 0-3. And they play the Cowboys this week. I don't think the Cowboys are going to sit too kindly going off of, well, shit, we just got embarrassed on America's Game of the Week with Troy Aikman in the booth. Or not, you know, he's not on Fox anymore. <laughs> with Greg Olson in the booth. Like, they're going to go, it'll be really fun. Be really fun. Because if the Cowboys beat the Bills, or beat the, the Dolphins, Bills go on and hopefully beat the Chargers, which, based off what we saw last week, they can't lose, right? Right? There's really no reason. They, they can't, right? There's no way. There's absolutely no way, right? It's Easton Stick, interim head coach. Like, even interim GM. They got beat by 60 points by the Raiders, right? I understand it's in L.A., but... We'll see. Last time the Bills were in L.A., it worked out pretty well. So we'll see what happens there. But, hey, I'm always, I'm always going to be nervous. I'm always going to be nervous, no matter how good they're playing. But I will be nervous because they beat a team like the Cowboys. They'll go out and lose to the frickin'. Like, they did that already this year. They beat the shit out of the Dolphins, lost to the Patriots. Like, it, anything can happen. I'm not – don't rule out anything in the NFL this season. It's absolutely ridiculous. Every starting quarterback in the NFL is hurt. At least it feels like half of them are. We're seeing so many backups right now. Let's just look at the off the top of my head. Like the Jets, Zach Wilson. Like, let's just go off backup quarterbacks. They're like benched and hurt guys. Like Zach Wilson's in. Bailey Zappi is in. Joe Flacco's in for the Browns. Jake Browning's in for the Bengals. Uh, Freaking Mason Rudolph just got named the starter of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Gardner Minshew's in for the Colts. Case Keenum played last week for the Texans. It looks like he's going to play this week too. Will Levis, probably going to be the starter re- the rest of the way, but... He wasn't the starter going in. He was the third string going in. He's starting. Uh, the Raiders, Aiden O'Connell. The Chargers, Easton Stick. The Giants, Tommy DeVito. The Vikings, they got Nick Mullins starting, which we'll see if that changes. That was an insane, insanely stupid game last week. Uh, the Bears have had Tyson Bajant play this year. The Saints have had a little bit of a rotation of quarterback because Derek Carr's been hurt. Not a lot, but he's been hurt a lot, but he hasn't been, you know, Rotated that insanely. But he has missed time. Falcons. Taylor Heineke's played this year. It might as well be playing with a backup with Desmond Ritter in there. The Carolina Panthers. Is Bryce Bryce Young's missed a game, right? Because it was Andy Dalton started, right? I believe that's right. Yeah. And then, yeah, you got the Seattle Seahawks with freaking uh, Drew Locke in. The Cardinals for a time period were playing Clayton Toon. Obviously, Josh Dodds before him, but Clayton Toon. Now they got Kyler Murray back. There's so many injuries and backups playing this year. It's it's ridiculous. It's doing my head in. Absolutely doing my head in. But, man, like, the the with all these backups playing, it, it kind of like the year for quarterback this year has not been, you know, the most ideal situation in the world. But in regards to the MVP race, I think we've kind of narrowed it down, at least in my head. 
Maybe I'm wrong in saying this. I think there's two that we're actually considering. And I've talked about these two before. And I know you're saying, look, we talk about the MVP race every single week. Can we talk about something else? Like, no. Because the MVP race is going to change every freaking week. This is, the one, this is like the first year in forever where we don't know who the MVP is this late in the season. We have no idea who it is. Like, we're actually entertaining the idea of, like, McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill playing it this year. Which Tyreek Hill's chances took a little bit of a dive because he didn't play on Sunday due to an injury. So that could affect it, but who knows? It'll affect his 2,000-yard season. Unless they completely stat-pat him the rest of the way, but who knows? They're playing the Cowboys this week. We don't even know if he's playing. So we'll see. We'll see. It was against the Jets, so it might just be one of those games where they're, they're you know, not. But I didn't even bring up Tim Boyle played for the Jets this year. <laughs> but that could be just one of those games where, like, ah, it's the Jets. We'll keep warm up for the Cowboys. But I think in regards to quarterbacks, we know who they are. We know Dak has officially removed himself from the conversation. He's officially removed himself. The two quarterbacks in discussion here are Josh Allen and Brock Purdy, which is an insane thing to think about. Two quarterbacks that never beat Iowa. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane to think that uh, neither one of these guys beat Iowa. I only think, I don't remember exactly, because I obviously remember the Iowa State games more fondly when Purdy played, but I remember Purdy getting benched against Iowa. I remember Josh Allen when he got did, when they got absolutely brutalized by Drew Ott. I don't remember if he got benched or got, or not benched because, you know, it was Wyoming versus Iowa. They're not... I watched Brock Purdy get benched at home against Iowa. Like, that's a little different. But that's beside the point. That's beside the point. I never thought we'd be here. I never once thought we would see Brock Purdy and Josh Allen battling it out for the MVP. I did not see that. Going into the season, we said Josh Allen win the MVP. Did not think Brock Purdy would actually challenge him. I thought Brock Purdy would play well this year. The 49ers' success to me depended on how much how good Brock Purdy actually was. It's like he could be the, one of those one-year guys like Joe, uh, Joe Flacco. Nick Foles obviously went on to win a Super Bowl and all that stuff. But when he his first stint with the Eagles, he had a season of like 27 or 29 touchdowns with two picks. Was a basically a rest a backup for the rest of his career. Obviously, he had a few stints as a starter. But like you can have those insane seasons that completely drop off. It happens all the freaking time in the NFL. It's a results business. If you don't start performing or play consistently, guess what? You're probably going to lose your job. Shit happens. So if Purdy did not play to that same level that we saw last year, the 49ers were like, ah, oh, shit, we don't have a quarterback. But Purdy has not only played as well as he has last year, he's playing better than he has last year. And to a lot of people, he's the MVP favorite. And it's I know it's clear to see why. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like he shouldn't be in the conversation. He definitely should be. Like, if you look at this, most yards per attempt in a single season over 20 years, minimum 30 attempts. Brock Purdy... Leads the league in yards per attempt, 9.9. The rest of them, most yards per attempt, this NFL record, too, 9.9. rest of them, Matt Ryan, 9.3, Aaron Rodgers, 9.2, Peyton Manning, 9.2. All those guys won MVP. So there's your conversation there. Purdy's also second league in passing yards, and he's 32nd for attempts or something like that, which I think is also a weird stat. I don't know if that really proves anything in regards to it brought Purdy deserves to be MVP or not. I saw, like, CBS was posting, and I was like, that, that kind of proves what a lot of people have a problem with with Brock Purdy in regards to winning MVP, doesn't it? You're second in yards, 32nd in, in attempts? Like, that's it's kind of why some people have the issue with it. But that's not what we're going to talk about. The yards per attempt is pretty impressive for Brock Purdy. And again, I think he deserves to be in the conversation. Do I think someone else in his team deserves it more? Yeah, but he's the quarterback of the best team in the league, so he's going to be the frontrunner. That's just how it works out. And he's playing well. It's not like he's playing like shit. But the other thing is, so we talk about uh, Brock Purdy and yards per attempt, those three guys that we mentioned below him, all won MVP. In the same conversation, though, 
in the exact same conversation, three of the last four MVPs led the league in touchdowns. Three of the last four. And that is Lamar, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are your last three. Josh Allen currently leads the league in total touchdowns with 37. He has four above Hurts, and then Purdy's in there as well. He's got 31. Josh Allen has the most touchdowns this season by four, which is a whole game's worth of touchdowns for most quarterbacks. And he had two on Sunday. I guess the best team, in the, the best defense in the league. So we're, we can throw like different numbers and different stats out there for who should win MVP. And you can throw the who's more valuable to their franchise and stuff like that. But I think these are your two guys. This is who you're competing with right now. And the funny thing is, Josh Allen, he's in those, in the last four years, Josh Allen has been in the round, the top three total touchdown getters in the NFL. This year, he's obviously leading it. 2022, he had three less than Patrick Mahomes, who ended up winning MVP. He had 42, second in the league. 2021, he had three less than Brady. He had 42 then, too. And then 2020, Aaron Rodgers had 51. Josh Allen had 46, which is insane. He's just consistently in that category. But this is the year. If the Bills make the playoffs, Josh Allen's MVP. I don't care. I don't care. And you can use like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like using this argument, but I will for the sake of this because it's funny and I can because it's my show. <laughs> but Josh Allen's supporting cast is far worse than Purdy's. It's not even, it's not even close. Purdy's supporting cast is the best in the league by a decent margin. Like, McCaffrey's the best running back in the NFL. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the NFL. George Kittle is an argument to be the best tight end in the NFL. Then you got Debo Samuels, a do-everything running back, pretty much playing wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk's a great deep threat. And you got Kyle Shanahan drawing up plays, one of the best, if not the best, play caller in the NFL. Like, it's not even relatively close. Like, I love Stephon Diggs. I love James Cook. But let's not act like they're on the same level. Like, let's not act like, like, if you're looking at the two best players for the Niners and Bills are McCaffrey and, let's just do weapons, McCaffrey and Kittle, would you see they're better as a pairing than James Cook and Stephon Diggs? Yes, you would. Because George Kittle, and maybe it's just because there's not as many tight ends that are really competing in this category, but George Kittle's consistently top two tight in the league. Consistently. Stephon Diggs, and again, maybe it's because there's more receivers available, and I think that's very valid to say that, but we're not going to use that for the sake of the <laughs> No, I will. But the offensive line's complete. I love the Bills offensive This is the best Bills offensive line they've had since Josh Allen's been the quarterback. This is the best offensive line they've had. It's consistent offensive line. Spencer Brown's been playing really well. Uh, Goddard McGovern and Tor- Cyrus Torrance have been massive upgrades at guard, which has been a big problem area for the Bills offensive line in recent years. Mitch Morris is playing well. Deion Dawkins is playing well. Like, it's it's really fun. Duncan Cage really fun. I'm really excited to see what he does for the rest of his career. But, yeah, I... And we're not even going to talk about total yards because then it, Josh Allen also leads the league in total yards too. So for quarter, for the entire league, we obviously did the the position player stuff earlier with McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, and then James Cook there. And you could call me bias. I mean, you're well within your rights to do that. You're well within your rights to do that. I mean, I'm a Bills fan. I'm obviously going to say lean towards my guy a little bit more. I do think it's funny, like the flop compilations, Josh Allen. I do think those are kind of funny. But... I just have a hard time. If the Bills make the playoffs, I think Josh Allen. If the Bills win the division, I'm, 
like the Dolphins have had a stranglehold in this division pretty much the entire season, even though the Bills beat the shit out of them week four. Right? Yeah, week four. They pretty much had the lead of this division the entire year. If they lose to the Cowboys this weekend, which is very possible that they lose to the Cowboys, especially since the Cowboys are coming off an embarrassing loss, they're going to want to rectify that. But it is at, it's in Miami, which makes it a little tougher because the Cowboys are terrible on the road, as we've talked about before. And then they play the Ravens. This is the Dolphins. So they play the Cowboys, Ravens, and then Bills. There's a chance. I don't know how likely you want to call it, but there's a chance that last week of the regular season decides the division. Really does. The Bills play the Chargers and the Patriots. I don't want to say anything about the Patriots because the Bills already lost that game. So I, I don't want to say anything bad about them. But that last game is very interesting. Very, very interesting. Like, if you sat me down again after that Broncos game, like, on, when was the game? Was that Monday night? If you talked to me Tuesday morning, we would have had some problems. But then Dorsey got fired. I calmed down. Like, you can hear it in the show. That show we did on that Tuesday, a little calmer than what I would have been if I recorded it at 8 o'clock in the morning or directly after the game. I was in a completely different mindset than I am right now. But after that Jets game, and you could say it's just the Jets, but hey, the Bills lost the Jets. The Eagles lost the Jets. Like, after that Jets game, I thought they could beat anybody. And I'm firm in that belief now. Like, I went into that Cowboys game thinking they could win. Now, did I think they were going to win 31-10? to No, I didn't. I thought it would be like 27-24. That was my score prediction to Brady and Jared. UTSA is winning at halftime, which is insane. I haven't seen a lick of this game since Marshall went up 14 <laughs> nothing. I haven't been paying attention to that game at all. I was trying to ignore the ladybug, but I don't even know where the ladybug went anymore. Is it just chilling on the light, maybe? Do kill cam with the ladybug? <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. This NFL season, again, is very unpredictable. Very unpredictable. So which one will give? Will, the, will Josh Allen lead the league in touchdowns and not win MVP? Or will Brock Purdy lead the league? And potentially passing yards. He's leading the league in yards per attempt. Leaving passing yards. Who knows? I'll have to see. But something has to give. And I think those are your two guys that are probably going to win MVP this year. And that's why we keep talking about it. Because things change. Like, there was a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill should both, either one of those guys should win MVP. Now we're talking about, I think McCaffrey should still, I think both those guys should be, still be in the conversation. I think those are final four. If I was saying it right now, I think the final four would be those four. And that's Allen, Purdy, Tyreek, and Chris McCaffrey. In no particular order. You could go whatever you already want. But I think that's the four. And you can agree or disagree with me all you want. That's that's fine. But we'll see. We'll, to, we'll just wait and see about it. We'll just wait and see. Josh Allen leads the league. Q, leads NFL quarterbacks in total yards, total touchdowns in a season where his OC was fired. He's left the game with a fourth-quarter lead in 11 out of 14 games this season. Set an NFL record for one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown in a season, 10 games and counting. We didn't even mention that. We didn't even mention the NFL record that he has already this year. So, yeah, I think Josh Allen should be the MVP. But that's that's me. That's coming from a Bills fan. That's fine. You can think whatever you want. If the Bills make the playoffs, if not only that, if the Bills win the division, Josh Allen's MVP. That's it. It's simple, simple as that. Simple as that. And again, I will say this a hundred times because you're entitled to your opinion. If you disagree, that's perfectly content. I'm perfectly okay with that. But man, just makes it interesting. Makes it very, 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 very interesting. Love James Cook, though. Absolutely love James Cook. What else do I have on here in the screenshots? What do I have here? I took a bunch of screenshots this week. I'm going to try and see if I can... Yeah, 37 touchdowns, 12 more, pass, 12 more than both Mahomes and Tua. 
I was being a little generous there. 37 touchdowns this season, 12 more than Tua and Mahomes. 17 turnovers, two more than both Tua and Mahomes. Only two more turnovers, but 12 more touchdowns. Just observing. Just observing. Joe Brady has now been the Bills offensive coordinator for four games. His team has played the Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, and Cowboys. Four very legit defense. The Bills have averaged 29.5 points a game. He might be good at this. He might be good at this. Josh Allen's last nine games, 23 total touchdowns, nine picks. Patrick Mahomes' last nine games, 16 total touchdowns, eight picks. Just very interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. And then QB school, which I uh, – there was a former quarterback who did that. I don't remember who it is. JT O'Sullivan, I think. Has anybody had a better statistical year than Purdy and not been MVP? 2023 Brock Purdy. 4,000 – this is projected, I think. Yeah. 4,366 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, 8 picks, 158 rushing yards, 2 touchdowns. 2020 Josh Allen, 37 passing touchdowns, 8 rushing touchdowns, 4,500 yards passing, 10 picks, so 2 more than Purdy with also 421 rushing yards. So no. Let's not pretend Purdy getting MVP would be, not getting MVP would be unprecedented. Because again, as we brought up before, touchdowns matter. Touchdowns matter. But... We'll see. We got a lot of season left. I know it's only four games, but that's a lot. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to get sorted out again. We got a three-way tie, essentially, in the AFC South. Bills aren't even in the playoffs yet. The Cowboys and Eagles keep trading blows for the two seed. Like, we're just in a very interesting spot. The Eagles just lost last night to the Seahawks with Drew Locke throwing a game when he touched on Jackson Smith. The Jigbo and made a great catch. Jalen Hurts has been playing bad this season. Went from an MVP candidate, then the Bills game happened, and then just went downhill from there pretty much. But he hasn't been playing great. He hasn't been playing great. And we got the Cowboy, the Vikings versus Bengals game. We have three quarterback sneaks in a row. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, fool me, can't get fooled again. As George Bush said, as there is a saying in Texas, and I know it's a Texas, probably in Tennessee. I know it's a Texas, probably in Tennessee. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Well, we can't get fooled again. And the the Vikings not only did not get fooled again, they got fooled again three times. Brian Flores was in the ear of Kevin O'Connell yelling at him to call a timeout, and he didn't. Did a quarterback sneak with a guy who has no lower body and decided that he's going to try this against the Bengals. Bengals stuffed them, and the Vikings blew a 17-3 lead. Lost the Bengals, and guess what? Screwed up the Bills' playoff push. And <laughs> not, I mean, not really, but it did. It didn't help. It didn't help in the slightest. But, you know, the Lions absolutely beating the piss of the Broncos was awesome. And also helped me in fantasy. Again, Jameer Gibbs, two touchdowns. Sam Laporta, three touchdowns. Obviously, obviously, obviously helped. But what other games did we have on this weekend? So we obviously had the 60-21 game Raiders-Chargers. Colts beat the piss out of the Raiders, or the, out of the Steelers. Michael Pittman got folded in freaking half in that game as well. Then on Sunday, we had the Bears- Choking gets the Browns. Again, another game that would have really helped us. I've got very bad things to say about a couple teams in the NFC North, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Bears should have won that game. If Kadarius Toney can remember to catch the football when it lands right directly in his lap, like, you ask for that kind of stuff. You ask for the ball to land right in your lap, and that's exactly where it went. And not only that, they not end up with a catch and a touchdown, they end up with an interception to make it even worse for Justin Fields, which is insane. But Joe Flacco, three interceptions in that game, and also 374 yards passing. Buccaneers beat the Packers 34-20. Texans came back and beat the Tennessee Titans 19-16. Dolphins beat the piss out of the, the New York Jets 30-0. Patriots blew the game against the Chiefs. They're up 10-7. Lost the game 27-17. Saints beat the Giants 24-6. Tommy DeVito, I guess, had a rant about stop doing the Italian stuff after the game to the social media manager. Who knows if that's true? I think it's hilarious if it is, so I'm going to believe it. Uh, Falcons, Panthers, we already talked about them. No more talk about that game. 
Uh, Rams beat the Commanders 20-20. To, to be honest, honest, I didn't know that game was on. Did not, I saw nothing of that game the entire day. Uh, Niners-Cardinals. Niners beat the Cardinals 45-29. to Chris McCaffrey had three tutties. In this game brought Purdy through four touchdowns as well. And then Ravens. Jaguars, 23-7. Not a pretty game, but you know what? It was effective, and the Raiders, Ravens ended up winning. And then the Seahawks beat the Eagles again, 22-17. I think technically the Bills would have needed the Eagles to win to look for strength of record better, but I, I was fine with the Seahawks winning. <laughs> I was perfect, perfectly content with Seahawks winning. Drew Locke teared up at the end of the game. Like it was, You love the human aspect of the NFL. love the human aspect of football in general because you'll get that kind of stuff every once in a while. It's just fun to see. It's really fun to see. Do I have anything else that I'm really dying to talk about today? Do I have anything really pressing on my brain right now? Just say here's Fox Sports Power Rankings. They had the Bills at four or at five, but this is from this was from the twelfth. The Cowboys were second. The Cowboys were not above the Bills in Power Rankings. Now they can't be. Can't be. But I think that's all I've really got today. I'm trying to look around to see if I've got anything that I'm completely forgetting about. Oh, the draft order. We're starting to figure out the draft order a little bit more now. Uh, Panthers, with that win, still technically have the Bears holding the number one overall pick. The Patriots are trying their hardest to get that, though. Cardinals are there as well. Commanders are sitting there at four. So we got we got a nice little competition for the number one overall spot. Panthers making this a little bit more interesting for the Chicago Bears. The Bears better just start sending them payments. Say, hey, keep sucking ass. And, they, hey, Panthers are like, hey, we tried. We scored nine points. We, we sold tickets for 45 cents. Like we we tried, man. We absolutely tried, and it just didn't didn't work out. I guess didn't work out. But you know we're looking better in the college football playoff thing or college football bowl mania thing. Again, UTSA at twenty one to seventeen at halftime. I think it's a good time to end there. Take one more swig of my Coors Light, which is like scarily not close to being done. Problem is, it's nine fifty three. Probably should wrap this up. <laughs> Probably should wrap this up. But hope you enjoyed the show. If you did not, I sincerely apologize. We'll try to be better next time. If you did not enjoy it, if you did, we'll try to keep doing the same good old stuff for you. And, yeah, go Bills. Shit on the Cowboys. We'll let you know how our fantasy matchups do on next show. We uh, No, we'll, we'll try to do a show for Friday. We'll see what we can do for Friday. But we'll, next week will be interesting. We'll be very interesting, obviously, with Christmas being on Monday. We'll see what we'll try to maneuver around that. Obviously, New Year's being the week after that. So we'll see. We'll figure stuff out. We'll figure stuff out. But I've been Logan Blackman. Hope you enjoyed. I will see you all later. Peace.